Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Yeah. 2022. We here. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate. Thank you guys so much for joining us in another off-season uh, training camp episode. This training camp episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. I am your host, Nate, joined by my co-host, John, to discuss uh, some really cool things that just happened recently in training camp. We're going to discuss uh, a little bit of the red and blue game that just happened at Highmark Stadium on Friday night. We have some injury news and updates to certain key players in the team. Um, we have a cool stats of the game or stats of the episode quiz that we're going to do with our co-host John. Um, and I'm going to go over some of the biggest uh, surprises and disappointments so far from camp. So we're going to go over all of those things in this episode. I uh, want to thank again our sponsor for uh, this episode and uh, the training camp and the season going forward, um, the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Um, the folks over there at the uh, DeLago Resort and Casino, um, we've been talking with them for about four years. I think it's been four years now, John. Um, re- real quick, John, welcome. Welcome back to the podcast, John. How are you doing, buddy? Doing awesome. I am ready for the season to start today. Let's go, Bills. <laughs> I know. Me too. Me too. It's exciting. We're we're uh, just about exactly a month away from um, the start of the regular season. Uh, it's an exciting time. Um, we uh, first, uh, like I was mentioning with the, the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago, we first started working with them about a four years ago, I think is has it been three years ago? It was it was kind of a cool little situation where um, they just asked us to retweet something, and you know if we would like to visit them, we said sure. They're like, oh hey, we're having Bruce Smith here, and we we're like, um, yeah, that's awesome. Is there any way that we can interview Bruce Smith? And John, I think I learned a valuable lesson. I I feel like this whole podcasting experience has been a valuable lesson in life with me because uh, one of the things I learned is that if you don't ask the question at all like the answer will definitely be no whereas you know if you ask then they might be like no of course not why would you ask such a dumb question nate from circling the wagons or they might be like yeah we'll look into it and that was one of those instances um where they said we'll look into it and we ended up uh, interviewing bruce smith probably to date uh we've been fortunate to uh interview a lot of former bills players probably one of the coolest uh interviews we have to date yeah, for sure. Especially it was in person too, right? So like, you, it's it's hard to 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 beat that. I know you interviewed a lot of people, you know, on the podcast remote remotely, but like to actually like shake his hand and everything, that was really cool experience. Yeah, it was it was it was a fun time. I'm glad we could do that, and luckily it's bloomed into a really cool partnership. Which, if you've been listening to the podcast for the last four years or so, um, Delago has been a huge part of that. So, want to thank them for being a part of it and continuing to be a part of it. And if you haven't been there, I'd absolutely recommend it. This is not something they asked me to say. This is something that I'm saying uh, personally because we've been there multiple times together as a group, as a podcast, to record there remotely. We've been there in the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. There's the, the Delago at the at the lounge there, um, watching uh, the games there uh, in, on Sunday at 1 p.m. Um, it is a cool, 
cool atmosphere. And as cool as like betting on your phone is, uh, you know, through the, the, the DraftKings app or like Bodog.eu or whatever, like that's cool for sure. But there's just something different about being at a sports book and playing there or like watching the games as, I don't know. It's just, it's just different. And for our area, if you live in the Western New York area, the central New York area, like it, there's just very few places like that. I'd liken it to, uh, Vegas, which I've been to, uh, several times. And, uh, and I actually think it's, it's got kind of a cooler vibe, honestly, than a lot of the sports books that I've been to. So, uh, absolutely recommend it. Thank you guys. Thanks to Addy and Brendan and the guys over there, the folks over there at, uh, the Delago Resort and Casino. I'd absolutely recommend it. Some of you guys have asked me personally, either through Twitter or in some, you know, DMs, like, is it worth going to? Absolutely. So check it out. Go check it out there. Um, let's get right into, um, some news and notes from this past week. Uh, since the last time we talked to you guys, the red and blue game, John, um, big game. Um, they had uh, 35,911 people there at Highmark Stadium for a training camp practice at night. That was really cool to see uh, Bill's Mafia out in full uh, full force. One of the coolest things, and I guess, you know, it sounds like the offense really had their way with the defense, especially Josh Allen, the passing attack. But um, what's most important is... Josh Allen coming out of the tunnel in the red helmet, which uh, Bills fans over social media um, have been clamoring over for, geez, it feels like two or three years now for them to bring an, uh, an alternate helmet back with them. And Josh Allen comes out, he gives the people what they want, um, but at the same time, it's a complete rickroll because that's not a plan of the, the Bills uh, front office or the Bills brass to actually bring another alternate helmet into the fold. Uh, but it was really cool to see him, uh, see him wear one out there and really just get us all super excited and then to let us down. He basically trolled us, which I think is, I think is really funny and, uh, totally something Josh Allen would do. John, when you saw that, what were your thoughts on it? And then obviously, you know, what, what did you think of it now that you know that it's not going to happen? To be perfectly honest, this Michael gets the grain, but like, I didn't like the red on red, mm-hmm. but like, if it was like the throwback 90s helmet type thing with like the blue or the white, that would have been much better for me. But uh, either way, it was cool to see the helmet, like regardless of, you know, the jersey that he was wearing. I, I thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, the other thing I want to point out was how, how many fans did you say were at this, this scrimmage? Not even preseason game, like 36, 30, 35,000. 30, yeah, almost 36,000. That's yeah. insane, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just to see the Bills practice, that's like, essentially, That's right? like 60% of their new stadium that they're going to have, right? <laughs> that's going to have 60,000 <laughs> <Yeah>. fans. <laughs> For a practice between the offense and the defense. Right. I think that's just a matter of like the fact that the Bills are that good and like the the fans are just that excited for this season you know what i mean and plus like we haven't really you know there's there's been some training camp you know practices that fans have been able to go to you know the last couple of years with covid but i think the ability to easily access them because of you know there's no covid restrictions now i think is part of it too right and plus this is this is going to be their undefeated year on their way to the super bowl so i mean you can't blame people for being real excited mm-hmm Oh yeah, no, not at all. So to to answer, so to go back to what you were saying about, um, uh, wait, what did you just say? Did I miss a joke? I was reading something. Oh my god, I missed your joke. What'd you say? Repeat it now. It won't be as funny. No, there's no joke. (laughs) I was just like, yeah, they'll totally be excited. Um, so Sal Capaccio tweeted out in response to the red helmet, um. You're laughing hysterically as you mute yourself, so there must be something else I missed. Um, he said, I spoke to the Bills COO, Ron Rikua, who told me the red helmet Josh Allen wore won't be a helmet they wear in 2022 because the league only allows an alternate helmet with either A, throwback uniforms, or B, color rush, color rush slash alternate uniforms, right? Okay. And he continues on. He says, the Bills can't wear red helmet with the throwbacks because the throwbacks use the standing buffalo white 
or standing buffalo, while the red Josh, the red one, red one that Josh had on is the charging buffalo. They're no match. So you would have to, okay, we'll, we'll get into changes that they could make, but then their, their color rush uniforms are all red. So they can't use the red helmet with the red color rush uniforms, kind of like you were mentioning, because all red from head to toe is not their preferred look. So they're they're in the same boat as you. The Bills brass, John, has the same thought as you, as they don't care that the uh, the color rush, uh, they don't like it. They don't care for it. I should say the color rush uniforms are all red. So would be so would be that helmet. So he, he ends it by saying, so the Bills will either wait until the NFL changes policy and allows an alternate helmet with a regular home and away uniform, which isn't possible right now, or wait to unveil a new alternate uniform themselves, which. Why wouldn't they do? I, I don't get that. I don't know why they don't just like the first. The first step would be um, if you want this helmet, which I would agree. Like you and I didn't discuss this before, but like we grew up in the '90s, so like we're used to this helmet up until like 2002 or whenever they stopped using it, or 2007 or eight or whatever. Like this is this is what we've used. You know, this is what we're used to seeing our entire life up until like the last 15 years or so. So like we have an affinity towards it naturally because of that. Um, so I would argue that like, if it was between, because we didn't grow up in the sixties or whenever they use the standing Buffalo and I love the standing Buffalo, I actually prefer it, um, over the charging Buffalo in my opinion, but, um, I could see them, I think, you know, in order to get around this, just change your, just change your, uh, throwback uniforms to your nineties uniforms, right? Like, unless the NFL doesn't deem that being too throwback enough, like, cause I think that that's one way you get around it. What do you think? Do you like that one? Do you, would you rather do that to get around it, or would you rather go all red and color rush, even though that's definitely possible? They said they could do that. They just don't want to do it. Uh, which one would you prefer? I, I don't know if I've ever liked the color rush for the Bills. I I mean, I like the blue or the white. I like the charging buffalo, like the standing buffalo. Like maybe, maybe they could alternate each year. Like they could say, hey, this year we're going to do – our throwbacks from the sixties, the short indoor throwbacks from the nineties. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I don't like all red, all blue, all eh, all white's not too bad. But like, I don't like the all colors in general. Like, if you're gonna do red, I like red with white pants. As weird as that sounds, like I'm I'm good with that. So maybe I'd be okay with that. But then people were messaging me over Twitter and saying, "Hey, like in Madden, I love going all red for the color rush uniforms, and then using the red." helmets i'm like really do you really like that and they're like yeah like i actually actually looks really good so uh i haven't seen it before i'm not it doesn't sound like something i would like but uh the other the other way to get around it john is um like i mentioned you just get rid of just get rid of the uh the 60 charging buffalo um or you just use it on the color rush but uh i mean there's ways to do it there's ways to figure it out so yeah and um even the bill's hands but. maybe a loophole is you don't have to have the same throwback every year like you could change it each year right before the season mm-hmm. be like hey nfl we're going to do this as a throwback this year yeah or unveil a new uniform altogether but yeah yeah I, it's it's funny because i i do love the red helmet but really in actuality it's not that much different from the helmet they currently have. It's literally just a background color. Whereas if you think about, you know, the other, the throwback helmet with the standing buffalo, that looks completely different. You know, if you think about like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their current symbol versus the, the throwback with a knife, with the, the Buccaneer with a knife in his, in his mouth, like that's sick. Like there's, there's completely different. So, uh, I get that. I get that. We spent a lot of time already talking about that, but I thought that that was kind of cool. Uh, in general, that he did that, and and good on Josh to like uh, for his him knowing, and he and the, and the social media team did not know he was going to do that, and they mic'd him up, and they're like, he's like, these fans are gonna go freaking nuts over this, over this helmet, and he, it's just kind of cool that he knows what the fans like. He has his ear to the ground because I don't think if I were to ask like a fan that wasn't on social media, like, hey, do you think the you think fans like you know really like the red throwback? They'd be like, ah, I don't know, maybe I guess. Like it's clamoring. He has his ear to the ground. I guess it's just he he knows he knows more or less what what Bills Mafia thinks. I guess in one way or another. And this is just proof of that. Let's be honest. Alan could have ran out of the tunnel wearing pretty much anything, and everybody wouldn't <laughs> all about it. <laughs> yeah, like a giant 
turd emoji on the side of the helmet, people would be like, Woo! Josh is amazing. He's so funny. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, he could do anything. You're right, you're right. He can do no wrong, um, at this point. But anyway, Josh Allen had a great practice that night, um, in the red and blue game, as you would suspect. Um, we're gonna get into more notes um when we talk about biggest surprises and biggest disappointments, which will kind of allude into the blue red and blue game. Um big news. As of recently, um, as of today, uh, when we're recording this on Sunday, Reggie Gilliam just signed a two-year extension with the Buffalo Bills, which is kind of kind of cool. You don't see a ton of extensions being done in training camp. Is that a fullback? Yes. Yes, fullback. Fullback Reggie Gilliam, right? When was the last time we had uh, a, a really decent fullback? Larry Centers, did, I want to say? Did they even use Gilliam previously? <laughs> I, I don't remember hearing hearing that. It's got to be for a special teams role because we don't see him a whole lot in the offense. I got to be honest. That's right? true. That's Unless, true. Special teams could be part of that, right? It's got to be mostly special teams. I'm thinking. So he started five games last year. So that's something. How many um, offensive snaps, though? Can you see that in pro football mm, reference? I don't know, but he had three attempts for three well, yards. <laughs> long of long so of two, five five <laughs> targets, three receptions. So basically, he's a staple on the offense, is what I'm getting from from these this this stat line. <laughs> he played in so here's how he played in all 16 games, making five starts in 2021, both career highs. He's played in a total of 30 games plus five playoff games. He's been with Buffalo since 2020, which is only two years ago. Signing as a as an undrafted free agent out of Toledo. So he makes an impact on special teams, played 315 uh, snaps on the unit in 2021. I'm guessing this is more like that. Or, or John, it could be possible that with new offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey, maybe he's cooking up something where he would like a fullback more often. So it's possible. We'll see. I, I thought he was cooking up something with two tight ends, though. He's cooking up with something with two tight ends, one full. He's going zero wide receiver, John. <laughs> Three tight ends. One fullback, two running backs. Yeah, they drafted. Yeah, they drafted Cook too. They got two, they got another running back too. Exactly. <laughs> One tight end's gonna play right tackle. It's gonna be crazy. You'd have no idea. James Cook, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's a it's it's note noteworthy. Um, I don't know if it really matters that much. I'm sure it doesn't kill the cap at all. So, um, kind of cool. I think Reggie Gilliam's been a, like a process guy in the background. So. Uh, good for him. Uh, so next news is Roger Saffold starting left guard. Roger Saffold returns to practice for the first time since training camp opened. Uh, if you guys remember, um, he started off the, she started off training camp on the NFI list for non-football injury from the car accident, which, which we found out happened a little bit over a month ago. Uh, so he he had some sore ribs or some broken ribs from that. He is not uh, doing team drills just yet, just positional drills so far where there's no threat of contact. We'll see if he plays this Saturday against the uh, Colts in the Bills' first preseason game or not. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, also along the offensive line, Spencer Brown, uh, right tackle Spencer Brown, participated in the one-on-ones with defensive linemen and also team drills at right tackle for the first time in training camp, which is good to see. It's good to see progress from the starting uh the starting offensive lineman. Uh Morse. So what's interesting about that too is the Bills haven't had their starting line completely ready in team drills yet since the start of training camp. So um we'll talk about that a little bit later as well, but um it'll be interesting to see how this goes from here on forward. Morse, Mitch Morse had a veteran rest day. So Ryan Bates played at center. Um, so I, it, it, interesting that he was the first backup for center. So then there were other guys that played in, in, in the, for the, for guards in 11 on 11, including, uh, Greg Manns and, uh, and Questenberry. So, uh, gonna be really interesting to see where this goes. Um, I'm gonna talk about biggest disappointments on the offensive line later. Um, and I think it's it's a very obvious one, but uh, but we're gonna go over that a little bit later. Uh, Micah Hyde practicing now after his uh, hip and glute injury. John, did you have something you wanted to add for that? No, I was gonna venture a guess, but you said we're gonna talk about it later. So 
no, no. Okay, 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 okay. You, uh, you want to guess right now? I'll t- I won't tell you if you're right or not, but you can take a guess right now. Well, you want to tell me if I'm right? Um. Okay. Yeah. No. No. I'll tell you if you're right or not. Let's go. Cody Ford. Uh, you might be right. You might be right on that one. So, <laughs> so uh, one of the many disappointments, or no, I shouldn't say many disappointments, one of the disappointments so far in training camp. Uh, yes, Cody Ford is one of them. So uh, Micah Hyde practicing again after the hip and glute injury, which is great because whenever you have your uh, all-pro safety go down um, like he did a week ago in the middle of practice, uh, that's always scary, especially when this season is so important, and it's so important to have these guys healthy for that, especially with um, Tredavious White being injured and potentially not being ready for the beginning of the season. You don't want a backup uh, safety in it along with a backup cornerback in um, as well. So, um, But on the other side, Jordan Poyer is still wearing a wrap on his left elbow, but uh, McDermott said that he's probably about a week or two out, which is great because, like I said, we have a month before the regular season. I don't care if Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer play another snap before the season, just as long as they're ready for the season. You think Poyer's going to get extended? Mm. Don't you wonder if this injury like hurt his ability to get extended at all? Like, I mean, I mean, does that change his value? Are they like, well, you know, maybe they try to get him at a discount? I don't know. I mean, it's just a hyper-extended elbow, after all. So I think he could probably get extended despite that particular injury. Take a million off a year, right? Like, we're, we're ready. Let's do it. Let's sign off the dotted line. A hyper-extended elbow means a million dollars you lose per year. No. Um I don't know if this matters in the long run, but I don't know if they're really planning on doing an extension before the season. Uh, I think if they do, if they, if they extend him, it'll it'll obviously be before the season starts. They're not gonna they're not gonna do it um, during the season. So they'll, they'll probably trade somebody beforehand and then extend them. Oh yeah, that's very possible. You mean to 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 lose to to free up some cap so they can. Hmm. Do you have a trade target when you say that, or are you just saying in generalities? Generalities. No, Cody Ford. Okay. Cody. <laughs> or just cut him outright and extend Poyer. I mean, that doesn't save you much. It's only like, you know, $700,000 or whatever. But still, hey, any penny counts. Um, Last thing I'll say for injuries is Marquez Stevenson, the 2021 six-round pick wide receiver, uh, is still expected to miss several weeks with a foot injury. Uh, so uh, it's interesting. When you and I went to camp, um, the very first day of training camp, we were able to go together. Uh, I liked Marquez Stevenson, man. I thought he looked good. I thought he looked like someone that's like, I know he's a fringe roster player, and I know he probably won't make the roster to begin with, but... Um, you know, maybe there's a chance in the punt return game or something that he could catch on because I hate to see these like, you know, fifth and sixth round guys go just randomly just because there's not enough room for them and the Bills not get even get a chance to develop him because he has speed and the Bills need speed on offense. You know what I mean? I, I gotta be honest with you. The whenever McKenzie or Stevenson were returning kicks last year during the season, I was holding my breath. <laughs> Every time. Every time. And then, like, at some point, they put Hyde back there, which was great, but you don't want him to, like, burn himself <laughs> out on, like, returns or get him injured because you need him on defense. So it's like, I don't know. I don't make, you know, like, everybody's forgetting about Tavon Austin. Maybe he ends up being in that role this year. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's tough. They got a lot of receivers. It's That's definitely going to be an interesting top to down positional battle, I think. Like, Who's going to make the roster? How many do they keep? I know people forget about Isaiah Hodgins, like he's not on the team. Um, haven't heard a whole lot about Isaiah Hodgins. I've heard more about Marquez Stevenson or seen more from him. But, uh, yeah, you're right. It's going to be tough with this wide receiver room being as good as it is. that They can do that. You know, I will say that maybe it's a good thing that Stevenson is injured right now because if he goes injured into the season, they'll just stash him on the IR, you know, and just wait till next season. Where they may actually have an opening for him, so just like my, but yeah, just like on my dynasty team, I just stash him on IR, and it's fine, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you now? You got to figure the top five wide receivers are Diggs, Davis, Crowder, McKenzie, and Shakir, the rookie. 
so like that only leaves like one maybe two if they somehow find a way so like to to move other positions around so maybe one and then if you're thinking one is probably going to be like a Jay Kumaral or someone on special teams there's not a lot of room for a guy like Marquez Stevenson Isaiah Hodgins or you know it, I didn't even mention Jameson Crowder did I you did but I was just going to ask is he a shoe-in oh so okay okay we're gonna we're, we're gonna get let's let's go into that before we actually before we get into that I'm gonna you want you, you try to switch gears on me John I wasn't ready but um, do you want to do your stats of the game Right now, or stats of the episode, right now, or you want to do biggest camp surprises for me? What are you feeling? It's, it's your it's your call. Uh, let's go biggest camp surprises. I feel like that'll be more relevant to what we've been talking about. Yes, yes, correct, correct. Good call there. See, man, that's why you're the co-host. Um, you might as well be producer of the podcast. So, <laughs> so uh, one of the biggest surprises for me so far in training camp, I've uh, I've got a couple of them, but the first one is Isaiah McKenzie. Now, Jameson Crowder came back to practice for the first time since day one. Um, so he got a lot of reps in, and he saw a lot more reps because Isaiah McKenzie was out today with soreness. So uh, this was, you know, and Jameson Crowder is a really good slot wide receiver. I mean, he's definitely more proven um, and skilled than Isaiah McKenzie. But um, from everything I've read about Isaiah McKenzie from the, since the beginning of camp is he's just been making plays left and right. And you know, with a lot of these, like uh, a lot of the Bills media members is, you know, if, if guys are doing okay, like they'll just, they probably won't even mention them. But the fact that they keep on mentioning Isaiah McKenzie over and over again, like the, the, he has, from what it sounds like, a legitimate chance to have a shot at the starting slot wide receiver role over Crowder or at least or at least challenge him well depending on how the rest of training camp goes and also depending on how it looks in the preseason in the upcoming preseason games so um i've been that's something that's super cool to see part of me um isn't surprised by by that i think a lot of the reason why mckenzie was just thrown down the depth chart was that i think brian dable got kind of stuck in his roles for the team and was like, okay, this guy's going to be this, like, you know, Isaiah McKenzie's a jet sweep guy. But when he got the opportunity, he did great things with it. He had a lot of chemistry with Josh Allen. So you have to ask yourself, you know, is McKenzie, uh, you know, he's, <laughs> is he, is he a miscast wide receiver three, you know, that's been miscast by Brian Dable or is he Jake Kumro of last year, part two? Like, you never know. So, uh, so what what are your thoughts when, when you hear about when you think about that with Isaiah McKenzie? Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting for sure. Like it, it felt like in when the Bills are playing, like Cole Beasley was great against especially zone defenses. Right, he could sit in that spot where there was nobody, and McKenzie seemed to excel where there was man to man coverage, like in like the Patriots game and, and other games. So I, I'm not exactly sure. I don't know too much about Crowder, um, about like you know where his strengths, what his strengths and weaknesses are. But um, and McKenzie also didn't have a huge opportunity to play a ton either. So yeah, it's definitely gonna be very interesting to see who gets all those targets. And like it can't be both, right? Like it's gotta be one or the other. Like do do they keep both? Yeah. Like they have a lot of slot type guys they like, they will definitely keep i think they definitely keep both i think they definitely keep crowder and mckenzie because i think mckenzie um offers a lot in the slot role that maybe a lot of the other receivers um down the line well i think shakir does i was just gonna say shakir well, is, is gonna be in that mix too like they have a lot more slot depth than they do outside depth so like not think, everybody's yeah, gonna be able right. to stay on the slot I think Shakir, though, it sounds like uh, they like him as possibly some could could do some outside wide receiver work as well, um, but mostly in the slot. But also, you know, maybe long term slot. But like in the interim, like he could come in for either or, right? If if someone needs a rest or whatnot, right? Um, but yeah, they definitely have more depth at, at slot for sure. So I guess you have to ask yourself. Like I, I always think of the analogy of like. McKenzie, like, is he this diamond in the rough? Like, he's like, he's been with the Bills since 2018. Like, this is his fourth season with the Bills, and he really has yet to make a huge impact 
on special teams or offense. Like it would be great if he was a if he was the punt returner, kick returner that we could trust because then it would just make him like he does that and he's also the backup slot or he's the slot receiver or he's great depth behind being their punt returner. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he'll have one like huge epic game each year and then like some okay games and then they don't use them other games like so it's hard to kind of mm-hmm. you know gauge all that you know what i was just thinking he's kind of like uh an analogy for um <laughs> for isaiah mckenzie being with the buffalo bills so long and they really haven't found a use for him it's kind of like um have you ever like bought a protein powder or something like a tub of it and you're just like i'm gonna drink this every day for lunch instead of like food or whatever and then like after like a week or so you forget about it and then it ends up in the cupboard like behind everything and then like a year or so later you're like you come across and you're like hey like yeah that's that thing oh yeah like i was gonna do this like well i'm back on the train man i'm doing it again monday and then like you kind of forget about it again after a few days like he's like that guy it's just a matter of like are we gonna stick with it is he gonna be part of our like you know diet and workout routine or is he just gonna get shoved back into the into the back of the uh to the back of the cabinet with whatever whatever else gets shoved in the back. I don't know, like beef jerky. I'm trying to think of other things that like ramen. I mean, what else? What else gets put in the back of the of the, of the cupboard? Yeah, I mean, everything's great Monday, Tuesday, and then all of a sudden by Wednesday, you're eating garbage plates again. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you just like protein fueled yourself up for no workout, so you're like gaining weight along before before you take the. It's like before you uh, eat the garbage. It's plate. day three. You're like, oh, it's my cheat day. It's fine. <laughs> I did two days straight. I deserve a cheat day. And then it's like Friday or Saturday. It's like, well, you know, I had cheat day after three days. So it's been three or four days after that. So, yeah, I can have another yeah. cheat day. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, the next Monday, you're like, I'm good with the way I look. I don't need yeah. to cheat anything about myself. Then you take your kids out for ice cream. It's like, well, I got to have some ice cream, too, right? <laughs> What am I gonna? What am I gonna be that guy that takes a kid's ice cream and doesn't have ice cream? What am? What am I? A, a martyr? <laughs> That's so funny. So funny. You're, you you like justify it too to yourself. You're like day one and two you have the protein shake and day three you have the garbage plate. You're like, well, you know, there is a lot of garbage plate in these uh, these burgers and hot dogs I'm eating. So like that's that's I'm basically having a garb a protein shake. Um, let's also talk about like another one of the biggest surprises. Um, at camp, for me so far in training camp, is A.J. Epinesa, the third-year defensive end out of Iowa. Um, you know, coming into this season, um, last season he showed some flashes, but, like, you know, was inactive some days in the roster, uh, some games in the roster. It was kind of like hit or miss if he'd ever make an impact or not. Um, he had a huge game against the Dolphins last season, then we didn't hardly see him at all. Uh from what I've been reading, from what the media members have been saying, is AJ Epinesa has been flashing into the backfield each day of training camp that they've seen him. And uh, it's good to see either in the backfield on a run play or whether it's uh, for a sack against the first team offense. Uh, you know, that's been great to see. You kind of always hope that these guys like take the next step. Second round picks taking the next step. Never a bad thing, John, before we get into big, biggest disappointments. Uh, second round pick, you know, so, so you always kind of hope that, you know, he's going to make that. And in his third season, we're finally starting to see it. And, uh, it sounds like, so Von Miller did not start, did not see any action at all on Friday night in the blue and red game. Guess who got the reps, uh, instead of Von Miller? Epinesa? Epinesa, baby. (laughs) A.J. Epinesa. (laughs) So you had A.J. Epinesa and Greg Rousseau as the starting defensive ends. So it's kind of cool. It sounds like he's beating out um, Boogie Basham Jr. and Shaq Lawson for the third pass rusher role. So it's good to see. It's good to see guys like that um, step up. Um, let's go into our biggest disappointments of training camp so far. And John mentioned it earlier, and I mentioned second round picks that have not taken the next step. And I have to go with, uh, Cody Ford. And it's just, um, the offensive line depth in general is a, is a disappointment for me in training camp. Um, if you followed this podcast, Circling the Wagons, um, then you would have known, like, with, 
we've been talking about needs like Mike John and I after the season we talked about needs for like three or four weeks straight heading into the draft into free agency and even after the draft I was like man it would have been nice if they had taken a guard at any point in the draft and you're just seeing it with you know Saffold being out up until today you're seeing it with Ryan Bates was dealing with an injury earlier this season you're seeing um you know Spencer Brown with some injuries like this also offensive line depth is very much in question when they lose a guy or so like it is a big deal and guys like Tommy Doyle really aren't ready to step up we're still trying to see if Questenberry the the uh the free agent right tackle and who they've also been switching in and guard um if he's ready to take a, a next step and either even push for the right tackle role or is he going to be a utility player um in a guard right tackle i mean bobby hart is seeing reps over cody ford so if there was ever an off season for cody ford to show improvement or to show that he belongs on this team this is it they're giving him every opportunity and he just continues to just like get beaten over and over again and and he just disappoints I'm, I'm sorry to say that but he's just been disappointing his entire career so far I guess with the Buffalo Bills and uh it's unfortunate that this was the chance that he had new offensive line coach and Aaron Cromer a guy who sounds like he can he can get the best out of his players uh you're like well maybe this is the renaissance of Cody Ford maybe this is his his rebirth his second chance to make uh make an impact on this team he's not uh, I think, unfortunately, the guy. There's only so much you can do to help people, I guess. And uh, and I, one of one of the biggest things is is uh, he's had the chance. He just can't make anything of it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree with you on Ford. Um, I do like Questenberry. I like Bates. I do like some of the the pieces they have. Maybe not Hart. Um, I mean, it could be worse. Remember when they had Linkson Walker, Derek Dockery, Melvin Fowler <laughs> as starters? That was that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but hey, you know, if Cromer can't get out as much out of these guys, he could always throw beach chairs at them or something. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yes, yes, John, John, bringing in the beach chair episode. Oh man. Wow. Wow. I, I, I feel like since he, he's come back, it's like, is that cool? Like, is anyone ever going to ask him about that? Like, no. Okay. I guess we're just going to forget that that didn't happen where he like beat up some kids or whatever and just threatened to allegedly allegedly a threatened to you know kill them if they uh mentioned anything like this or whatever when he was with the bills I, we're just gonna forget about it but it sounds like the players really like aaron cromer and uh, that's the well that, i mean that was the rex ryan era so it's different right yeah 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 mcdermott wouldn't put up with that right like we'll, we'll see we'll see uh so so you know first when we got cody ford which is funny because i remember watching the embedded episode that uh you know pagula sports entertainment put out for when the Bills, they were so afraid they weren't going to get Cody Ford, and they showed Brandon Bean like calling up all these teams to see if they could trade up to get Cody Ford, and like, oh, you know, at the time you're just like, that's great, Bean got his guy, we got the right tackle of the future. Now we have the other bookend to go along with Deion Dawkins, and then you know it didn't really pan out a right tackle. I'm like, okay, whatever, like it's okay if we don't get a right tackle, just as long as he's a good guard. And then we didn't even get a good guard. And you're just like, well, geez, you know, like it's very frustrating. Um, Cody Ford has been, I think, one of the most disappointing players of the Bean era, uh, the Bean draft era, um, unfortunately. And, uh, and it continues into training camp this year. So speaking of lack of depth, my, my last biggest disappointment so far in training camp, and mind you, like, I mean, these are all just from observations. These are all practice. Nothing really matters in the end. In the end, the biggest thing that matters in training camp is number one, by far, it's not even close. Like, this is the most important. Like, this is like the entire mountain of importance in training camp is that there's no injuries, right? Like, there's no major injuries. Like, that's all that matters. All that matters for all of this. Jay Kumaro could walk on water and it doesn't freaking matter just as long as Josh Allen doesn't get hurt. Like, that's all we care about. So, um, so th- we have to take everything that we all say about in regards to training camp with a grain of salt because, you know, we're just going off observations. The coaches might be putting players in certain positions so they might not succeed very well because they're trying things out, right? So, um, you have to take it with a grain of salt. But I will say the second biggest disappointment that I have, um, on my list is the Bills starting, you know, outside corners in Dane Jackson and Kyir Elam. Um, they're just getting raked over the coals by Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis. Uh, 
Well, they have the best two receivers in the NFL. What do you expect? <laughs> so, so you have to ask yourself, John. That's a that's an excellent point. I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs could literally be two of two top ten wide receivers, right? Like you could be looking at it that way for sure. So, um, you have to ask yourself: Is it a matter of that they're just really not that good because they haven't shown a lot of really they haven't shown flashes a lot in training camp? And I've been reading a lot, looking for some good things, positive things that people have said about them. They haven't said a lot of positive things about them. And also, uh, you know, they've just been saying a lot of negative things. So uh, you just got to hope that it's either, you know, Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs are that good. Or, you know, we got to hope Tredavis White comes back in full health by week one. Um, but luckily, you know, the first the first fear. So if, if, if Tredavis White starts off on the pup list, um, he can come back after... Week four, okay? So before it was week six, now it's week four. So that's a new new change this last offseason. So the Bills' first four games are the Rams, the Titans, the Dolphins, and the Ravens. And of those four teams, really only two have passing attacks you're worrying about. I mean, unless you call, count, you know, Tua and Tyreek Hill connecting on a 65-yard pass and training camp as like a huge passing threat, which I, I still don't. Until they prove otherwise, I still don't think... That Tua is 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 scary. I mean, he's a bottom. They were a bottom ten uh, or bottom fifteen passing offense last season, so I'm not really worried about them. But um, the Rams and the Ravens have good passing offenses. As much as people don't like Lamar Jackson, he was only a couple spots behind uh, the Bills' passing offense and passing yardage. Uh, we might be able to survive four games without Tre'Davious White with a couple of those teams. It would be tough to do it for all four, though, you know. He'll be back week one. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. I, it was all that for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> all that for nothing. But you know what's funny is uh, um, the Bills, so Dane Jackson, Kyrie Elam have been doing so bad that sixth-round rookie Christian Benford out of Villanova has been getting the options or the chances to start, you know. So, like, does that mean that, like, that's really good for him, or is it just like, man, the other guys aren't doing that good, so like that's a bad sign. Um, either way, yeah, maybe like, they're all good. <laughs> maybe the only guys, the only guys in the entire NFL that Dean Jackson and Kyir can't, Kyir Elam can't cover is Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis, right? Like we just got to hope that that's the case. <laughs> so when you're talking in the Rams, Cooper Cup, like they'll be fine. Because Cooper Cup isn't Gabe Davis or Stephon Diggs. We're good. <laughs> and you were just sending me uh, a message uh, saying that Matthew Stafford might be in question for week one, right? Where the Bills play the Rams and Thursday Night Football. It's a potential, possibility, a small possibility. Yes, I did see a report that Stafford was dealing with bad tendonitis in his right elbow, per Ian Rappaport. Uh, so, I mean, I didn't really give a timetable on that. Um, obviously in the short term, he's not going to play in the preseason and stuff like that. But, um, if he's ready, he'll probably play week one if I had a guess, but Mm -hmm. it's a question of if, if it's going to affect him at all. Uh, I, I know he's played with other injuries in the past and he's been fine. So, um, I wouldn't read too much into it, but it is a thing, I guess. Man, I was ready to read into it so much, John. So, but I mean, you know, the, the only let's just hope that the only players that uh, Dane and Kyir can't cover are the the two wide receivers on our roster. So, uh, let's go into uh, stats of the episode. Um, stats of the episode are brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago, John. Tell us some interesting stats for the Buffalo Bills. Okay, I'm gonna you... I'm gonna I'm gonna lead this off with a question. Ooh, and I like it. It's uh, I could ask this a couple different ways. Let's go with this. Okay, so in the last three seasons mm-hmm. for the Buffalo Bills, what is their average rank for number of sacks per season? In uh, the last four seasons, the last three seasons. Three seasons. Um, geez, it doesn't seem like they get that many sacks, does it? Um, so average rank in the NFL, I don't know, like 
I'd say I'd probably give him about average, like 16th out of 32, 16th ranked. How's that? How's that fit? Okay, so, so it's about 12 or 13. Okay. In the last three years, they were 11, 15, and 12. Um, between 38 and 44 sacks across those three seasons. Mm-hmm. Now, now, does that count? Does that include 2021, where they had an extra game? Right. Yes. And they were and they were ranked what in the last season? Eleventh. Eleventh. Okay. Which is their best in the last five? So, like, if you go by rankings, eleventh, fifteenth, twelfth, twenty-sixth, twenty-ninth for the last five seasons. So twenty-ninth, twenty-sixth. Those are McDermott's first two, but the last three they're between eleven and fifteen. Um, so, like, the number of sacks can obviously vary wildly. Like in twenty eighteen, they had thirty-eight sacks, but they're twenty-sixth ranked. Where in 2020 they had 38 sacks, but 15th ranked. So I don't, I don't know if it's better to go by the number of sacks or the or the ranking. Um, but basically, in the last three years, they're about like 12 or 13th overall. Um, so the question is, from there, does Von Miller help them? Does the progression of Rousseau and Basham and Epinesa help them? The combination of all that, you know. I, they were number one ranked defense last year. So, like, you know, anything else is gravy at this point. But, like, to get more pressure on the quarterback. So, this is just sacks. This isn't, like, a, you know, the statistics for, like, pressures and hits. Like, that that, that could be different. Hmm. Well, you know how I feel about E.G. Epinesa. So, you've got to figure at least 10 sacks for Von Miller, at least 10 fa- sacks for Gregory Rousseau, at least 10 sacks for A.J. Epinesa, right, as a backup, right? So then that leaves 30 sacks. Uh, they only need like 10 more to get to above 40. So, um, no, I'm just kidding. I uh, Yeah, a couple safety blitzes. A couple of safety blitzes. <laughs> uh, I have been reading that when the Bills' pass rush doesn't get to Allen or the other quarterbacks, like they don't really seem to have a, an issue picking up, picking on Elam and Dane Jackson. That kind of goes back to that point. So like the Bills are very much in need of Von Miller if if Tre'Davious White isn't right. I mean, just think about like the Bills didn't have Tre'Davious White for like the last six or seven games of the regular season and postseason. And the game that it really mattered was the Chiefs game with a good quarterback, right? And Patrick Mahomes just picked them apart. Um. So and, the Bills had no pass rush, and, and they bar- really. and they barely lost that. Like if the kickoff was different, it could have gone the other way. Like they might not have even needed them for that. And then the ensuing games, Cincinnati and the Rams, they might not have needed them. Yes. How crazy! Sure. How crazy to think about that they're getting Tre'Davious White and Von Miller this year, where they didn't really have either one last year. I mean, they obviously they had White for half a season, but like that's crazy. Oh, well, I mean, you add, I, I talked about this with uh, Sean Murphy, the BuffaloRumblings.com staff writer, um, last week. And I was like, you know, you bring back Tredavious White and Von Miller onto that same team, and the Bills win that one easily, right? I mean, it's not even close, right? Like, they win by at least a touchdown or two. You're talking about a legit, legit pass rush all of a sudden, and you're talking about legit coverage on one side of the field at least. You know, I mean, will Tredavious White still take his lumps against Tyreek Hill? Absolutely. But Tyreek Hill is not going to have like 150 yards and, you know, whatever he would normally have, right? So, um, I don't know. Yeah, that that, that changes it completely. But, um, yeah, I think I think the Bills have more sacks this season. Even though, like, Mario Addison, I think Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes combined for about 10 sacks last season. So you're talking about Von Miller making up those 10 sacks, Gregory Rousseau with another year in the system. You're also talking about Ed Oliver being freed up a lot more than he was last season. I think he was, like, top 5 or top 10 in in um, double teams uh, for defensive tackles. Um, you're talking about Jordan Phillips coming back, which we don't talk about enough as far as his pass rush presence. I believe he had, I believe Jordan Phillips had 10 sacks, 10 or 11 sacks the season that he left, uh, right before he left the Bills. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot to like about the Bills pass rush this season, but you have to also question, you know, is the secondary going to give the pass rush enough time to actually get home? Um, and I think, uh, you know, the Bills play 
a lot of not-so-good quarterbacks this season, so I think they can take advantage of them. I think they only played like five or six really good quarterbacks this season. So you're talking about, you know, 11 or 12 quarterbacks that they can, you know, just get the, them to hold on to the ball another half second or second longer, and the pass rush will get home and they'll, they'll wreak havoc. So um, I think the Bills go up from, what were they, 11th last year to like, um, I'll say 7th or 8th this season. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I think top 10 for sure. Uh, just with the development of those younger guys and the Von Miller. And, like, Von Miller is going to take more attention from other teams that's going to help those younger guys even more and build their confidence for the next season even. Like, I think it's going to be great. I mean, from all accounts, like, Ed Oliver's having a tremendous training camp. Like, I didn't mention in biggest surprises because, you know, Ed Oliver being good at football isn't a big surprise, but how good he's been doing with Von Miller, um, he, he says it feels like it. I believe his his quote was, "It feels like it's cheating having him on the other side, because it lets him do so much more." I wouldn't be surprised if this is the season where people, like around the league, really start to realize how good Ed Oliver is. Like we realize he's good as Bills fans. Like he makes a splash player too, like per game. But like this is this is the season where he could start to, like take over games. You know what I mean? Like maybe in the way John that like. Marcel Darius would in his prime like there were there were moments in his prime where he would take over a game and get like two and a half sacks like and pressure along with that like he was in his prime in his heyday Marcel Darius while he still cared and tried on the team he, he was good he was a good defensive tackle and I could see you know at Oliver reaching that level and then also becoming more consistent over his career than Marcel Darius. Is that too much? Am I going out of my lane here? What do you think about that? No, absolutely. And uh, just to like, kind of like, as you were tallying up earlier, the, the you know, oh, this guy's going to get 10, this guy's going to get 10, and then you're running out of sacks. A lot of guys get like a sack or two, and you don't realize it. Like the Bills had 16 different guys that were credited with a half a sack or more last year. So mm. you divide that out over 42 sacks, that's only, you know, two and a half sacks a person. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> it does add up quickly if, if, you know, you get everybody involved. They do have a heavy defensive line rotation. So I think, you know, your seven or eight is, you know, could be the floor. Yeah. Yeah. And Von Miller has had uh, double-digit sacks in almost every season where he's played at least 15 games. And last season he played 15 games, but they were between two different teams. I mean, he played 17 games last season. All 17 games, he easily gets over in double-digit sack territory. So I think I think the floor for Von Miller should be 10 sacks. And actually, I did a poll on this on Twitter. John, if you were to guess how many sacks... If you were to vote in this poll, I said, how many sacks would Von Miller have in... Uh, by the way, if you're not following us on Twitter, on Twitter, Twitter <laughs> please do. Uh, we're at CTW Pod, like circling the wagons pod. We do giveaways all the time, so please follow us, especially if you like winning. Uh, this one was for a Bills jersey, but um, of any, of your choice. But like we do other ones as well. Uh, I I put underneath the Bills jersey giveaway how many sacks for Von Miller. I had first first guess is nine and a half or less. The second one being ten to twelve. The third one being twelve and a half or more. And John, what would you think between those those three options? I say ten to twelve for sure, pretty confidently. Yeah, that was definitely the winner, ten to twelve, and that kind of goes along with what I was just saying, ten as the floor. Um, but you I mean twelve and a half? Would that completely surprise you, especially with Ed Oliver next to you, next to him, and and the rotation that the Bills have, and if the Bills like. Um, have a really good, you know, when Tredavious White especially comes back and they're able to cover that side of the field. Kyrie Elam takes some lumps, but he gets better throughout the season, or maybe it's Dane Jackson on the other side, or maybe even Christian Benford. We don't know. Um, you know, th- those guys really start to, to look better. And, uh, and who knows how it, uh, how it lines up. It could be, it could be, you know, just, you know, okay in the beginning in the first six games, and all of a sudden Von Miller, you know, just turns it on with Tredavious White returning. So we'll see. Yeah, pe- people forget like, like so like last year he had, you know, two different teams, um, nine and a half total sacks between the two. But like once he got to the playoffs, he was wreaking havoc, and like I, I don't know if it was just getting used to being on the new team or what, but like 
the dude is still a wrecking ball. Like he'll he'll get in the backfield. And, like he's just amazing. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been taking advantage of like even Deion Dawkins at times, but also like you know the whoever's been playing a right tackle on the other side of him. It's like it seems like what you would want from a guy who's still doing well at what he does. It's not like, huh, we didn't really see a whole lot from Von Miller today. It's like, no, he makes his presence known every day sort of thing, um, which is what you want. Because I can't necessarily say the same for Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison the last couple of years. Um, You know, guys like that, they've really been missing a Von Miller-like guy. For sure. He's going to, like, just just him. his presence is going to help everybody else. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure we're going to we're going to get a, a better idea of of the team in general with this next preseason game um against the uh, Indianapolis Colts this Saturday. I'm going to try to do a Twitter Spaces. So if you're not following us, please do at CTW Pod like circling the wagons pod. Um I think I'm going to do around 8:30 8, that night. Um uh, we're going to go over the game. You'll get a chance to get your thoughts on the game you'll get a chance to get your thoughts um on the podcast because i do record from that twitter space and if it's a good one i will post it on the podcast network after that um, i'm also going on vacation on sunday morning so it'll it's the last chance that i'll get to uh talk about that um after that so yeah this is a this is a fun time man it's a fun time to be a bills fan um and and john real quick how many how many drives do you think josh yellen gets next week zero Zero? You don't think he starts at all, right? No, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> I can't remember what they did because there's only three preseason games. I want to try to remember how many how many he did last season. I don't think he dressed last season, did he? I don't remember. I do remember Trubisky playing a lot and him, okay. play, and him playing well, actually. But I don't really remember the number that Allen had. I want to say like that he doesn't play... Ah, I can't remember if he doesn't play at all if he plays one or two drives. I can't remember that. Because next week they play I think they play two drives the first game. I wanna play the I wanna say they play a quarter the game after that. And then the third and final preseason game, he doesn't even dress, I'm pretty sure. Or is it the other way around? He doesn't dress against the Colts, but he does play one or two drives in the third preseason game. Let me tell you, if I'm McDermott, he doesn't play a down until the Rams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What does he have to prove, right? Like that's you could say that, John, about almost all the players on this. I mean, almost all the starters on this team. It's like, what do they got to? What does Micah Hyde have to prove? What does Jordan Poyer have to prove? What does Tremaine Edmonds have to prove? What does you know Matt Milano have to prove? What does you know? Let me ask you right? something. If yes. Allen goes down. Compared That's, to any other player, why, compared why would you to, even speak that into the? Because you're you you brought you're 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 bringing this up on yourself. <laughs> don't you don't you don't you turn that on me? Okay, okay, go ahead. What were you gonna say? <laughs> you could lose any other one starter and be like, it's okay. We got yeah. we got Josh. I I even got I even got a little. So my wife was trying to explain to my five year old daughter. Poyer's injury and how like my wife was sad about it and this and that. She's just explaining what the injury was, and my my five year old daughter is like, "It's okay. We still have Josh Allen, <laughs> right?" So like, yeah, her knowing nothing right about anything. Yeah, yeah. We still have Josh Allen. So like, that is the one player you don't lose. You know, I, I obviously uh, there's a lot of other players. Any starter is is terrible to lose. It'd be a huge blow. You're losing your undefeated season at that point. But <laughs> yeah, you lose Josh Allen. That's yeah. You don't you don't want him to play at all. No, no. Yeah, you lose Josh Allen. That's that's the season. Potentially. Well, I don't know. the the the, the team is so the the division is weak enough and the team is good enough. I think they could still make the playoffs, but. Mm-hmm. I don't want to think about that. True, and I don't think True, they, I don't think they would advance very far after that either. No, I would agree with that. I would agree with that for sure. But that is funny that your daughter was like had the wherewithal as a five year old to know that it stinks to lose like maybe Jordan Poyer, but it doesn't matter. We still have Josh Allen. <laughs> like everything will be fine. Like you know, oh, you lost uh, Tredavious White. You're starting. It's okay. It's okay. We have Josh Allen. Like, like don't worry. Like 
mommy, daddy. Like, you'll be crying, like, you know, they lose Stefan Diggs or something. You'll be crying, like, don't worry, daddy. It's okay. We still have Josh Allen. <laughs> and you're just like, you know what, sweetie? You're right. You're right. We still have Josh Allen. Everything is okay. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, no, we don't want to lose any of those. Like, is Poirier going to, like, hyperextended? Do you think he's going to play at all in the preseason, Poirier? No. 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 Like, any, anybody that has an injury already is not going to play. Unless, you know, it's like a rookie or, you know, whatever. Allen, yeah. you don't want to play. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, how much do you really want to play Diggs? Like, I mean, like, they have a lot of receivers. Like, it's a, don't play them, you know? Yeah, exactly. You have all those other receivers. Play anyone else. Exactly. Right. Is they exactly. going to play Von Miller? Come on. Come on. Don't. Don't. Shield them. Don't even let them enter the stadium. <laughs> like, was there a chance that they could slip on the carpet or the or the tunnel on the way to the yeah. Actually, to the you sidelines? know what? Actually, McDermott shouldn't even be out there. You could hurt his hands clapping so much. Like, yeah, <laughs> don't, don't, even, don't even do it. He's so important. Don't even let him. <laughs> Uh, good point. Good point. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Um, we'll have plenty of t- to talk about next week after the uh, preseason game. Um, some cool um, updates. Uh, we uh, we have the new updated Bills Mafia anthem from Don Brown, recording artist Don Brown. If you've heard our podcast in the last three years during the regular season, um, always play his uh, full anthem at the end of each episode, uh, which is always good. He's updated. He's updating all of his anthems. He has, I want to say, three or four completely separate Bills anthems, and he's updating each and every one of them like the same beat, but like he's updating the lyrics to like instead of all the players that aren't there anymore, because you know how easy it is for, you know, when players leave, like within a season, all of a sudden, you know, it's completely almost, it's almost irrelevant, but he's updated them all this offseason. So I'm going to play that one at the end of the, this episode. Want to thank our sponsor for the Circling the Wagons podcast, our official sponsor, um, the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Want to thank them for all they do uh, for us. Appreciate them um, coming over. If you haven't already, please check out the, the DeLago uh, Resort and Casino. Always a great time there. Um, I've gone when there isn't football playing, and I'll still make a bet. Like, it is, it's just a fun time. That's where I met Frazier. That's where I met Kelsey Grammer, was over at, was over there um, with his beer. So, uh, got his autograph. So, um, thank you, um, John, so much for coming on with this one. And it's been a fun discussion, fun training camp discussion. So, signing off for John. Go Bills. And for me, Nate, go Bills. We'll talk to you guys after the Bills-Colts game. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs> Yeah, 2022, we here.
Nas QB, what's that? That's Josh Allen, 17, yeah, we back. Speaking of 17, no more drought. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills make you want to shout. Trade day, trade day, making plays. That's John Murphy on the radio waves. Jordan Boyer, Micah High all day. Bill Collectors, all they do is take away. Yeah, Bill's Mafia. 